Hey, all you beauties, and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. We are Chen and Jane, the hosts of this show. If you are a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more or connect with us over at coffeeandconcealerpodcast.com or on Instagram. So go pour a hot cup of coffee and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. My name is Jen and Jane is here and we have another Jay joining us tonight. Oh my word, yeah. <laughs> the three that Js. just clicked. It did. You it are did. our surrogate Jay cubed. Jay cubed. I think Jane always wanted to be J-Cubed, but there was just never another one. Well, there wasn't to the podcast, Jill. Wow. Thank you very much. (laughs) What a warm welcome. I love it. I love J-Cubed. Jump into our products of the week. Yeah. Okay. You said Jane, right? Not Jill. (laughs) I need to be very clear. This is going to be really confusing. This is going to be great. I'm so excited. Well, first off, Jill, so pumped you're here. So every week, what we've started doing is we talk about a product of the week, just anything that you're loving, something that we can just, you know, give it our little stamp of approval. And then we'll talk about a drink of the week. But the first thing I'm going to talk about is product of the week, because I wish that you could see visually right now. I could show you guys, though. So my product of the week is, this is, This sounds so lame, but it's not. I got a spray tan and I'm so shocked about this spray tan. It's hard to tell, but normally I'm pasty white, but this is why I'm so impressed. So the woman who did it, her name's Erica. Absolutely amazing. She's a mobile tannist. She comes out to you and she did it yesterday. And the company the who supply this, the tanning stuff, are Calgary based. It's made in Calgary cool. and it's local to Calgary. It's amazing. Which I just thought was so That's cool. Exciting. Yeah. And guys, I'm like a freaking, I'm a bronzed goddess. Like <laughs> it's for my sister's wedding, which is tomorrow. And when it's better than air. when you do it yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> With your Jurgens tan. <laughs> every single time I have done it myself, every single time it's so streaky. It's so orange. I'm like, why do I keep doing this? I'm flawless right now. <laughs> It's, <laughs> I look like a whole different person. It's great. I'm a big fan. And here's the funny story. So when I got it done, which was just yesterday, I came home. You're not supposed to, have you ever had a spray tan before? I've never even done Once, myself. Maybe? Okay. <laughs> Let me educate you on this. You're not supposed to get it wet. You have to wait. 24 hours then you wash it off kind of thing and that's when the stain has set in and you're flawless well I come home I pick up my child and what's the first thing she does she licked my dang arm I saw that guys there was like a straight lick mark and I was horrified but what I was impressed with is I texted um Erica and I was like oh my word Reagan just licked my arm. <laughs> what the hell do I do? <laughs> and it's probably a sleeveless dress for the wedding. It's a sleeveless dress. The wedding is, yeah. is tomorrow. I'm like, what the heck do I do? She came right to my house, oh, fixed wow. it all. I'm t- this arm is, well, all of it is flawless. But the one the arm thing. even more flawless. I think because it's just, it's been through a war. Mm. So it's got a little battle scar yes, to it, yes. you know? Gotcha. It looks great. But it's I love that it's impressive. a Calgary company. So, so what's like, it called? 
Well, her, her company that she is called glow to go mm-hmm. YYC, but it's called Suntana. Is it Sunatan? Sunatan. Thank you. I'm so sorry. A client of mine owns Sunatan. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And she has like a little, I, I want to say it's called glow bar. Oh, she's probably associated glow to go. Probably. Glow bar. Yeah. I, I'm, I wonder if maybe she's like outsourced to be like the person to go to people's houses. Uh, well, she, it's her own company. Okay. It, maybe it's her own thing, but she did her training with them. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'm very impressed with it, though. It didn't stink, yeah. which fake tanners stink, you guys. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've checked myself out quite a few times. <laughs> and the best part is, oh, I'm so sorry for the side note. So today is my birthday. So my husband sent me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> we won't discuss the birthday age, but he sent me for a massage. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was full body massage. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> like, oh, because it's like my underwear line. And I'm like, and I'm sure she's in worse, but she's like, oh, that's that's quite a difference, dear, isn't it? Oh my gosh. I love it. Because you were so fair before. I was, yeah. And she's obviously looking at my butt, right? Which never sees the light of day. <laughs> it was just. Oh it was the best reaction. She's like, you'll look flawless. You, you're looking fine. You've got this gorgeous glow. And I'm like, yeah, now you're just trying to make me feel good. <laughs> but it was so great. She's like, yeah, that, that stuff really worked. And she used the light set, the light color on me. Oh, okay. I was going to ask like how many variations there are. So like you're fully naked for this full body massage. Okay. No, the massage, no. Okay. She didn't do my boobs, but she does like your butt cheek, but like through the, oh. have you ever had a butt cheek massage? No, I don't think I have. Oh, have you, Jill? Is I've this had like, No, I've had like, uh, like manual therapy done, but that's usually like elbows right in the... <laughs> Your visual, but like throwing uh-huh. elbows, like that's like, like the people's elbow. <laughs> Straight up, get it. Get a butt massage. She doesn't, you're not, your underwear doesn't come off or anything, but she's like tucking the blanket, like the sheet into your underwear where she needs to get. Guys, it was so good. And I'm it didn't hurt? Um, in some parts it did, especially on my sides. Mm-hmm. I found that it was really tender, but it's because... I've got obviously issues wrong there, but it was wonderful. It was great. I highly recommend getting a booty massage. Booty massage, a full tan, and no babies licking your arm. <laughs> that would be the perfect. This scenario. is all good advice. <laughs> all good advice. But yeah, definitely Suntana Tana. That was that was great. And Erica was absolutely a joy to work with. So very happy. That's my product of the week. Jill, what's yours? So I actually, I obviously nobody can see it, but I brought it for you guys to see. It's, um, it's a facial toner mm-hmm. and it's a spray and, uh, it's from Almondine wellness, which is that for me? A-L-M-A-N-D-I-N-E mm-hmm. wellness. And she is local. It's all local. It's all local, ethically sourced, all that good stuff. And it's um, made with rosemary. And Ooh. it, oh, it is amazing. You like 
put it on there. It refreshes you throughout the day. Oh, so it's not like a toner you apply after a cleanser. No. Yeah, it is. But you can also use it throughout the day if you want to, too. Do you find that it helps wake you up? throughout the day yeah rosemary is an essential oil that's really good for mental clarity so it's it's spectacular i use it so much (laughs) is it well priced like let's talk about money here (laughs) sorry (laughs) um you know what i'm gonna look um i'm writing this down because i would love (laughs) to have something that will help me like wake up oh it's so good um I should have had this ready. Just a guesstimate's fine too. Twenty three sixty five. Oh, that's, that's amazing! A very good mm. price. So, yeah. what did what did you say was good about rosemary on your face? Is there like a benefit to it? I'm sure there is. Okay. <laughs> it just feels really good. I'm not entirely positive what the benefit is for your skin, particularly. Let me just. Yeah, and, and they sell. Just, oh, sorry. She sells a whole line of uh, skincare products and facial cleansers and moisturizers and toners Almondy and scrubs. Wellness. And, mm-hmm. and they're local to Calgary. I love that. Mm-hmm. I wonder what else they have. I know. I can create so many things. Check out her website. I will. Mm-hmm. Jen, yeah. what's your product of the week? So my product and my drink kind of go together. Oh, okay. Ooh. Start that off then. Finish so I'm starting off. Okay, so my product of the week and my drink of the week actually go hand in hand because I was saying I am a huge Dollarama buff and I found this incredible Aladdin cup. It is like it's an Aladdin cup. Yeah, it's. Where's Aladdin on it? It says Aladdin and it's like a mason jar cup, but it's plastic. Oh. It's got a screw top lid, came with a straw. <laughs> And it's like double wine. So like I earlier had like a Coke because I'm obsessed with Coca-Cola and like threw some ice in there and like it wasn't leaky. It's just like so cute. And these are good for like the deck in the summer, right? Because they're plastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking for lake days, things like that. $15. So just go hit up your local Dollarama. (laughs) And what do you have in there? I have the the pineapple bubbly. Have you guys had it? I have. It's so good. So, so good. There's like the new flavors. We're a bubbly household. We have tons of bubbly. My husband goes through them like crazy. Um, the pineapple and the peach ones are really good, but the pineapple's like so, so good. So yeah. in my pot with my pineapple bubbly, since I don't I've drink. only ever tried, I think it was grapefruit mm-hmm. and it was, I was not happy with that one. Well, my husband does, he loves those ones. Mm-hmm. So when we buy like the pack with all the flavors, like the strawberry ones are left for me, which are my favorite. So <laughs> like, perfect. Drink the nasty ones. It all works out. Right. And it, there's a peach one you said? There's a peach one and a pineapple one, um, cherry, strawberry. There's a bunch. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'd have to try the peach because I really love peach when I drink anything. And then that sounded weird, but you know what the, I mean? The peach one, I will say, do you remember peach trident? No. Yes. Trident? Yeah. We may have not been living here at the time. I've been here for 18 years. Grade seven? No. No, grade nine. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember grade seven, like all the teenage boys would like pop this 
peach trident gum thinking like they're gonna make out with all the girls and you would just smell this like reeky peach do you know what it smelled like jane you have kids and you've been through the puffs phase you know the peach puffs oh yeah and how rancid they smell yes that's what the peach gum Ooh, especially after they've sucked on it. Ugh. Soggy puffs. Right. Um, (laughs) But the peach bubbly smells like that, but it doesn't taste like that. It's a very strange, like, you think it's going to be way more peachy, and then you drink it, and you're like, oh. (laughs) I'll try one. I'll try one. I'll take a look. I mean, it's no, like, tropical Red Bull like you like. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably better for me to drink than Red Bull. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what's your drink of the week, Jane? Okay, so my drink of the week, it's not the actual drink that we have to talk about, but it's what I got added to it. So I got my frozen chai. You know, I like it. I talked about it last week with the oat milk and the brown sugar. But today I went through Starbucks and I got my free Starbucks drink because it was my birthday. And I went, look, it's my birthday. What would you recommend? And I was like, I don't drink coffee and I don't want to frap. So what would you recommend? And they literally handed me um, a chai tea latte like an iced chai tea latte with the brown sugar and oat milk which i'm happy with but they added your sweet vanilla cold foam to it hell yeah they did yeah and i was like (laughs) what is this (laughs) she's like it's like cool whip on top okay so here's the question for you Mm -hmm. did you like it i did actually because last week you were so thrown off by what texture it would be and what it would taste like. Yeah, it was thicker than what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Creamier. Mm-hmm. Would I get it again? No. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. Do they uh, charge you for that? I think so. I don't think it's worth the money. Do you know how much heavy cream is in that? They have to charge you for it. <laughs> they must do, right? <laughs> It just really, I think it was good. Don't get me wrong. I very much enjoyed it, but I feel like it took away from my drink. That was your fear. No, your fear last week was, do they give you less chai tea because of the cold foam? You know what? I didn't even think about that because they gave me a venti and that was a lot of chai tea. (laughs) Okay. So So I didn't even think about You roll up to the window and you're like, yo, it's my birthday or what? (laughs) That's actually pretty much how I said it. Like, you know, they're like, welcome to Starbucks. What can we get for you? I'm like, yo, hey, it's my birthday today. And then they're like, oh, happy birthday. And I'm like, mm, your thanks, you know, being all modest. But then I'm like, here's the thing. I don't talk about my age. But then I'm like, here's the thing. I was like, I don't know what I want. And then I told them what I don't want. Okay. I pretty much steered them in that direction when I think about what I said. Like, so the only thing I can really drink here is chai. So that's your option. <laughs> that's your option. And I didn't want anything fruity or a refresher. They kept saying, like, do you want a refresher? No. Because a refresher's cheaper. Is it? Well, and then they were like, um, when they were handing it to me, they just like gave me the venti. And I was like, that's, that's huge. Like, thank you. And they're like, oh okay so I didn't know you could pick your size and they just gave me the big one which I thought was very nice of them and then they gave me um a birthday cake pop and a lemon cake pop as well so that was an exciting little moment so tell them it's your birthday (laughs) (laughs) but that that was my um drink of the week Jill what's your drink of the week so my drink of the week 
is from a little shop also here in Calgary and it's called peace on peace is the shop's name. And again, nobody can see this, but I have a picture for you guys and it's, it is non-alcoholic gin with a beautiful bottle. It is beautiful. So it's non-alcoholic gin and it's distilled with juniper, coriander, and geranium. It's called Cedars Classic. And it is delicious. That's what you're drinking. Yeah. With what in it? Because I saw it was like brown. Well, that has a little bit of other stuff in it. Okay. Um, But (laughs) just the the non-alcoholic gin, you, you don't need to put anything in it. That's nice. Non-drinker yeah. here, non-alcoholic mm-hmm. gin. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it, it any is, good? Like actually, it's delicious. Does it it's taste a, how normal gin would taste? No. Completely it ta- different. Be, it, well, not completely different. It's got like a gin esque kind of flavor, but it's very because it's got the juniper and coriander and geranium in it. Um, it's got a very floral kind of taste to it. It's very fresh and it, it's delightful. Peace on it. peace. And they're local to mm-hmm. Calgary? They are. What's up, peace on peace? Mm-hmm. I would like, I would like to try it. I was speaking to um one of the vendors for my sister's wedding, and I was saying to them this week, hey, like we want to have drinks supplied mm-hmm. for when she's getting ready. And bear in mind, like, this is a COVID wedding. There's me, my mom, and my sister, and my other sister. Mm-hmm. That's it. And um they were going through some non-alcoholic cocktails, but yeah, as the, I'm now remembering the conversation and as they were reading them out to me, they're like, this is a non-alcoholic gin. This is a non-alcoholic rosé. And I was like, wait, what? Because in my mind, a rosé, no matter what, will have alcohol in it and a gin, no matter what, will have alcohol in it. So very excited to try one. Yeah. But and it's me. also very reasonably priced. I think it was $23, $26.50. For a bottle of that. How big's a bottle? It's a decent size. I let me see. It's like a regular gin bottle size. Okay. Not just regular gin. Way more. Yeah, it's probably well, no, it's probably pretty similar, probably around thirty dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I'd like to try some of that. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta expand my palette. Chai <laughs> and Red Bull. Chai and Red Bull. Right. <laughs> Mix that with some Oreos and Tootsie Rolls. I'm good to go. Stick well, with Tootsie what you know. <laughs> I do. Do you guys remember the, the fruit flavored Tootsie Rolls? Yes. Those were a disappointment. Hey, did you oh. I loved those? So I? I loved them. Oh, like, my side. They're kind of like Starburst-esque. Yes. The um, vanilla one was always my fave. Ooh, vanilla. I liked the uh, the pink one when it was either strawberry or... Do you remember Mojo's? <laughs> I feel face. like I do, but... <laughs> Mojo's were like Starburst, but smaller. And you used to be able to get them at like the convenience store in mm-hmm. like, the five cent candy like bin. And the banana mojos were like, oh, this, they're so good. But they stopped making them. And I was just so sad. <laughs> Some candies I need to bring back. I think you, uh, I don't even think you can get them at like 
those like candy stores, you know, like the authentic ones. Well, like maybe the one in Banff, they have everything I feel. Or even the one in Nanton, Nanton has a huge candy store. Yeah. Yeah. Bride Creek also has a crazy candy store too. Yes, that's true. I should be on a search for, but like not all the flavors. They also had a mint one, like a spearmint mojo. It's like a spearmint starburst. It's kind of like a high chew. Kind of. They yeah. were also, when you would get them, they'd also be like raw cards. Like break your teeth. Yep. <laughs> I do remember them. <laughs> right. They were raw card. Um, okay. So we all did our drinks and our products. Now, Jane, you know, Jill, do you want to introduce her a little bit? And then Jill can tell you. us what the heck she does. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jill, and then we're really going to dive into who the heck you are. So first off, I want to let everyone know that Jill is not just like a regular Jill. Like, she's a cool Jill. And this is how I know this, because she is what is known as a no woman. She is a woman you need to know. Sorry, I said that so weird. But I wish that everybody could see your face and your, like, hand movements. I'm pumping you up. So... I met Jill because there is this book that comes to some major cities across North America called The No Women. Mm -hmm. And what this book does is includes the top 100 women in that city that you need to know and what they're doing and why. And this was actually my second year in it. (laughs) I feel feel so braggy saying that. (laughs) (laughs) My second year. And I got to, me along with some other photographers, we get to photograph all the women who are in the book. And I was assigned to Jill. And I was so glad that I was because I, my eyes were completely opened when I met you to so many different things, which we'll get into. And I got to photograph you for it. And it was so cool. And honestly, your pictures... And I'm not just like tooting my own horn, like that yellow jacket. Like we have to talk about that yellow jacket with the with the jumpsuit that you wore. Mm. Iconic. This look was iconic. She Ooh, looked. Thank fabulous you so much. It. it was. It was honestly. It was so good. You popped so good, and you were just so chill to be around. And then she was telling me about what she does, and I was like, Oh my word! You are an answer to a prayer. Like straight up, it was nuts. So we'll we'll get into that so <laughs> jill is an ost so if i mess up any of the words obviously <laughs> fix me you are an osteopath yes not a therapist or is it the same thing osteotherapist. i am an osteopathic manual practitioner like osteopathic therapist okay okay there we go yes. And can you explain to us exactly what that is? I know there's more. We'll get into the other little bit too. But what is an osteopath, a manual osteopath? So I get this question a lot. There's a significant amount of people that have no idea what it is. I Actually, the majority of people do have osteopathy in their benefits, but everybody's like, well, what the heck is that? I don't even know what that is, so I'm never going to use it. Um, So I get this question. legit I was like wait I have that check your benefits first off Mm -hmm. okay sorry keep going (laughs) so I like to explain it as kind of like a physiotherapist chiropractor massage therapist they all got together and had a very intuitive baby (laughs) I am (laughs) that intuitive baby (laughs) so uh, basically what I do is um through tons of anatomy education and uh, using palpation techniques. Um, And also with a 
fairly heavy on the intuition as well. I find restrictions within the body. And these restrictions can be caused by physical traumas. So either falls or car accidents, surgeries, anything like that. Or they can also be caused by emotional traumas. Lots of people hold emotions in their bodies. um, And then that can cause restrictions in the tissues as well. So I find the root cause of this person's pain and the root restriction. And then we kind of work backwards from there. All right. So, so many questions, but I promise you will get into it, everyone, because my term for you, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's a witch doctor because of all the things. And we'll get into there's, why. There's a lot of people that <laughs> very yeah. uh, affectionately call me a witch doctor. <laughs> yeah. It's all meant with love, but we'll get into why. Because you're so on top of your title as a manual, manual osteopath, you're also an emotional release specialist. Yes. And I read up about you. <laughs> And your mother paved your way into working, not essentially in the same career as her, but she started in a, as an emergency room operating or, nurse. She was an oh, operating uh, room nurse. Sorry, yeah. emergency room, an OR nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, what about watching her and what she did made you, make you want to go into this side of it? How come you didn't? Most people go in like their parents' footsteps, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What made you go into this side of it? Um, so growing up in that that household, um, I have always found anatomy and the human body fascinating. And the things that my mom got to see and do, it would just, it boggled my mind. So I knew that coupled with the prospect of um, being a healer and helping people, um, I knew I wanted to be somewhere in healthcare. So actually my, 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 in my first life, my, my first career, I was actually an x-ray tech. So instead of following completely right behind my mom, I, I still went in the healthcare field. I worked in a, in a hospital setting for seven years. Um, I, yeah. And then I just wasn't, I wasn't completely fulfilled. It Mm -hmm. wasn't, uh, it wasn't my calling, so to speak. Um, there were lots of parts of it that I absolutely loved. Um, but you know, as an x-ray tech, you see people in pain every day and the majority of x-rays and diagnostic imaging come back negative. So it's like, well, why are these people in pain all the time? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get more into the therapeutic side of things. And that felt like more of the right path for me. So um, I started doing a little bit more research and it was actually through a really good friend of mine who had um, seen, she had a a long career as an athlete and she saw an osteopath regularly and she Mm -hmm. was just like, oh my God, you'd be so good at this. Um, And before that, I hadn't even (laughs) heard of osteopathy. So I did a ton of research and I was like, oh, this is it. This is is what I've been looking for. And uh, yeah, the rest is history as they say. When you started going down this career path, and obviously it was still new to you, mm-hmm. did a part of you, like, and again, we'll get into it, I promise people, I'm sorry. Did a part of you not think, like, this is crazy? Like, because, so we'll get into it, actually. Let's just dive into it. So let's talk about I my session that I had with you. So I actually yeah. went and booked with you because when, after we did our photography, um, I very briefly spoke to you about how I just had a baby and how... I don't really talk in depth a lot about how much, how bad my last pregnancy was and how bad Mm. my delivery was. Um, And there is something about you that's just very calming, which should have been my first sign, (laughs) to be honest. But it's very calming and you're just very open, a very 
you just receive things really well, <laughs> like the, the flow that you give off. And um, I told you I was still recovering from that flipping C-section, which was horrific, absolutely horrific. And you said to me, that's not normal to still be in this much pain this far down the road. Mm-hmm. They say that with C-sections, you can years and years later, you can still feel it. It takes about 18 months to fully recover from a C-section anyway. But I remember the amount of pain I was in. I was still taking, how old was she? So this was in November, I think when we, October, when we took your photos. Mm -hmm. And I had had her in June and I was still taking the same medication that I left the hospital with. Like I was still in agony. And I remember you being like, that's not normal. And so I ended up booking them with you way too late in the game, to be honest. I should have done it right away, but my mind just went. Whew. And I went with you. And so, Jen, let me set the scene for you. So is that okay if I do this for you? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so she takes you in and you, first you're standing up and you walk around me kind of thing. And you're just sort of like checking my body. And then you get me to lie down. And I'm not kidding when I say you, she barely touched me like barely felt it and you instantly turned to me and you went this was a few minutes into it but you touched one of my areas on my body and you went did you that have sounds, kidney that it sounds, sounds bad wrong. it does I'm not meaning in a bad way but she's and I'm fully closed like it's very you're it's not a scary thing but you touched a part of me and you went did you have kidney problems during your pregnancy which I did. I had really bad kidney problems. I had a kidney stone or kidney stones. And I was admitted into the hospital for it. And I remember being like, okay, this isn't normal. She's picked up on something with no way of knowing. Like, how could you possibly know something about someone's kidneys by barely, barely touching them? And then as you're moving my stomach, again, it's the lightest touch. Like imagine like someone just like gently tickling your hand. That's the pressure that you're using. And all of a sudden I got like this flooding overwhelm of like, I started crying on, on the table. Do you remember? Yeah. Like, why am I crying right now? Like, and I burst out laughing because I didn't know why I was crying. And you had said to me, can you, can you hear that? <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. That's my child angry that she's in bed. She'll be fine. This is parenting right here. But I started, yeah, it is. I started though sobbing and I just was laughing going like, I don't even know why I'm crying right now. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. But that's when you told me like, there is some emotional trauma happening. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it that whole time. And I was like, I do have emotional trauma because of how I truly believe it was from the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That's where my pain comes from. And I also had like not an ideal pregnancy. I had a horrific birth. I've had a horrible recovery as well. And it's just crazy. I I sound so stupid saying this now, but it never clicked to me that, of course, your emotional well, well-being will absolutely affect your physical. Mm-hmm. We hear about it all the time with mental health, how it can affect it, especially during this pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Which we've seen, we've seen a ton of it. But it's crazy how it all connect, how it all connected. And I could feel parts of my body moving inside. It's so hard to explain. I sound like I sound 
crazy. So I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> Am I doing an okay job? Yeah, like yeah. step in at any point. But as she's moving your your organs around and your tissue and your veins, like it's not, I know. Oh, but she's laughing. just in there shuffling things around. <laughs> she barely touching me. over here. This is why I call you the witch doctor because you barely are touching me, but you've made, and you do, you make such a huge impact on someone's body. And when... This is my next question, Jen. I'm just going to keep going. Keep going. With my questions is with that emotional release side that you're a specialist in, when when you're with these patients and they start crying like I did, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't even need to tell you why. I think you knew it was because of my pregnancy, right? Because yes. your intuition just would have instantly picked that up. Does it like, it must feel heavy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, you. I can usually through that intuitive side, I can actually feel in my body, like a welling up of emotion. And I'm just like, oh, there, okay. There's emotions in these tissues. So I can kind of prepare myself for what we're about to embark on together. How do you, how do you, What's that intuition feel like for you to know that something pretty heavy is coming? That's a hard question Um, to even phrase properly, but. So I very much welcome it because I feel like that was, that is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. So I, it's not scary for me in any way, or is that kind of your question? Is that, yeah. am I going in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's not scary for me in any way because I've, um, I have a great, um, collective of, of people around me that, um, that help me to develop skills, to release stuff. If I do take them on, I also have, um, done a lot of work around boundaries and about deciphering, okay, this is mine or this is not mine. Like, and if I'm taking on stuff from a client, because generally speaking to help someone deal with emotional trauma, I don't have to take it on myself. We, it doesn't, it doesn't have to come off of your back and onto mine. You know, it, it can go just out the window or off to the side. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so, I think that's a, a um, one area that a lot of healers run into where they end up just taking on a lot of their clients' um, traumas and then it ends up wearing down their own body. But I think I've, um, I'm not perfect at it, but uh, I've, I've done a lot of work to make sure that that's not an area that holds me back. I think it's almost a lot of other industries like that as well. Like if you think about social workers or a psychiatrist, like they almost yeah. have to have a way of like not dumping, but releasing is a better term, right? Exactly. Just, you almost have to brain dump after a while. Yeah. Just like know that even though it affects you while you're doing it, it isn't your pain to hold or your, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And That's I mean, sad. like I, I work really hard at keeping myself grounded and, uh, and I think the key is to, for me to not take it on in the first place. So I don't have to um, let it go later on. Cause that's almost, that's more work to do. It's an extra step. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a practice for sure. It's like I said, I'm not perfect at it, but I try really hard and I've done a lot of work in that, in that regard. Can you walk us through, like I've just shared my, my tiny, tiny little bit of my experience. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through what it is like 
for someone coming into your practice for the first time who knows that there's something still wrong that just normal Western medicine is not, well, this would be West. Is this Western medicine, would you say? What kind of medicine would this be? I think it's, it's a combination. It's a com- because it's a combination of manual therapy and mm-hmm. like, like I said, like a because uh, I do fascial work, I do muscle work, I do mm-hmm. um, some joint work, just like a physio or a chiro or a massage yeah. therapist would do. So it's a combination of things. I just I involve a lot more of my intuition in the diagnostic side of it, I guess, in the, in the trying to feel where those lines of tension and where those restrictions are. So for example, when, um, when a patient or a client comes in, um, we have a brief discussion about what's going on with them. Um, like you had mentioned earlier, I, I, I try to create that safe space where, where people feel really at ease to share, um, if it may be emotional or not, because I think a lot of people do have that hunch that, oh, like this is still welling up inside of me. Um, And then I can usually feel at that point, whether it's going to be an emotional session or not. Uh, And then, so then we'll do more of a visual assessment, which is what you had kind of explained where you stood up and I just kind of looked at how you were standing. And then I do this thing that most people, including you, think is kind of weird, where I actually touch the top of your head. Mm -hmm. And what that does, so when you're standing, um, I touch the top of your head and I very, very gently compress. So what happens is when there's restrictions in the tissue and you gently compress the tissue and then release them, they will automatically be pulled in that direction of the restriction. So touching the top of someone's head gives me an idea of almost a whole body assessment where I can feel how deep in the body it goes, whether it's more anterior, posterior, more towards the left or the right. And then I have more of a generalized area that I can kind of hone in on. And then once I get the uh, client on the table, then I can be a lot more specific with which tissues actually have the restriction in them. And then we get to the more specific work. Like when I was talking to you and I said, Oh, did you have kidney issues? Because with you, I was very much pulled to the tissue around where a kidney would be. So it's more posterior. That's what I'm trying to wrap my head around. (laughs) Obviously I don't have any training in this, but how, when you were touching, because I think you were touching my stomach at the time and you were going down Mm -hmm. to like the uterus area, the lower, lower intestine and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How did you feel? I think this is where I'm going to struggle with understanding how this works because how did you just like touch my skin and go, Hmm. Like what goes through? I'm I'm wording this so terribly, but what goes through? Something happened to her kidney. This chick had an issue with her kidneys. From you're just you're touching my skin. That's what I can't wrap my head around. And obviously, you have training in it. Yeah. What does that feel like for you? So a lot of that is the the palpation training and being able to train your hands to do the listening and the seeing for you. Um, But I like to describe it as like, if you imagine like we're standing across the room from one another and both of us have a hold of uh, a rubber band. I can feel where you are in the room. Like if you move up and down the room, I can tell based on my end of the rubber band where you are. 
right? If, if I had my eyes closed, I can still tell where you are. Yeah. If you all of a sudden pulled on the middle of the rubber band rather than the end of the rubber band, you can still feel a difference. Right. Okay, this is making sense to me. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the end of the rubber band is the person on the table and you're the other end, correct? Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. So the, the one end of the rubber band is where the restriction is. And then the other end, like me with my eyes closed is my hand on their stomach. Wow. And then I can feel, okay, I'm compressing these tissues just gently. And then when I release that little bit of compression, I can, my hand almost gets pulled towards where there's a restriction. What? Chills. Like I'm like literally in tingles <laughs> listening to about it because I cannot even imagine being that in tune with anything. Like, how did you practice that? Yeah. Like, where did you go to school? Or like, what did you do? Um, so there is a few different osteopathic colleges uh, across Canada. Um, there's one here in Calgary. There's one um, in Red Deer, which is the one that I went to. Uh, there's one in Vancouver, and there's a couple in Ontario. Um, it's uh, yeah, they it's it's a complex <laughs> course to take, and I think the majority of the people that get into the course in in the first place you already have that inherent, um, skill. Like there's a reason why you're drawn towards mm. this particular career in the first place. Yeah. Oh, so that's pre this job. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have these intuitive things? Like even in x-ray techs, like, can you yeah. explain maybe a situation like that when you're doing someone's x-ray? Um, there wasn't really a whole lot that happened when I was an x-ray tech because I, like, I had, I've always been intuitive. I was a really intuitive kid. I had, um, I had a lot of weird experiences happen to me. Um, but then once I got into, like, I did a science degree and then I have a, a diploma in radiography and, um, moved into my career as an x-ray tech. And, um, So I kind of got more into the very logical, very scientific side of things and just kind of worked as, as you go there. Um, And I think that's part of the reason why I didn't really feel super fulfilled in that career because it it was super interesting. I really enjoyed it, but um, it didn't feed that other side of me. Yeah, there was a whole other part of you that just wasn't being tapped into. Mm-hmm. So this is a career where I actually get to use everything. Mm-hmm. Where like because though those seven years as an X-ray tech, it sounds like a huge jump, right? It doesn't sound like those are anything alike in in careers. However, those seven years as an X-ray tech really helped me become a better osteopath because there's like training my hand to feel different types of tissues is one thing, but being able to really know exactly where all the different organs and everything is inside of a person's body, because I've seen them on x-rays and CT scans. Yeah. And all, like I've, I've literally seen what the inside of a person looks like. So um, it makes it a lot easier to know exactly what I'm feeling, where I'm feeling it. And where, like when I get that tethering pull, like the elastic band, I know which organs and which ligaments and which connective tissue is in that area that I'm being pulled to. That's insane. It is, it's a lot. Okay, can you I have ask a question? really heavy job. It is. Can I ask <laughs> a question without like, I don't know, seeming naive? <laughs> 
absolutely. I'm really prefacing it. Oh, great question. <laughs> what do you think of Reiki, Reiki, however you say it? I love it. Reiki. Reiki. Okay. Reiki. So, because yeah. I've had like, I think a Reiki session once or twice before, like mm-hmm. years and years ago. Mm-hmm. So obviously they don't have like degrees or whatever. They would have just like a diploma from like a Reiki college or a Reiki program. Yeah, it's a, there's, a, there's a three level course, I believe is uh, to become a Reiki master three or four. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's more like someone who would be super intuitive, like you, mm-hmm. but then you have the medical knowledge to, you know, look at the body and things like that. Mm-hmm. I remember just like during one of those sessions, like somebody being up near my head and they're like, there's a lot of like energy here. And so they're more like energy based. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know a ton about like the basis behind Reiki. I've never taken any of those courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a couple of uh, treatments from a, a Reiki practitioner and it is, it's a highly based on energy and the different chakra systems. Um, right. So do you ever have any of that like affect you in your daily job? Or it's just more like your, the body that you're looking at. Do you mean like, do I use those just types like, of like trains of thought or? Well, I mean, obviously you're very intuitive. And so I would assume that that's kind of the, the similarity in the Reiki. Mm-hmm. So would you ever not necessarily use Reiki practices, but almost like channel that really intuitive side with chakras and like energies? Or are you more like by the book, just like, yeah, you had kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am, I am like, uh, I am open to all different types of healing across the board. And I try to incorporate anytime I, I get new and different um, schools of knowledge, I like to try to incorporate it because I think that there is a place for every different practitioner. Um, I don't, I think that that's why we have scopes of practice, you know, mm-hmm. like there, sure. like there's, um, so for, for example, like uh, acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine and uh, energetic healing and uh, herbs and herbology and, um, and then you go, to the other extreme and the, the super scientific and uh, logical be- and just the human body being like chiro and physio. Um, like there's, there's so many different connection points through the body between fascial connections, nerve connections, vascular connections. And then when you think about the uh, acupuncture points and the different meridians and, and the different uh, energy channels, um, because there's points on your foot that can relate to your gallbladder. And there's, you know, there's, so there's lots of, there's lots of different things where if somebody comes in and they're just saying like, oh, my foot hurts, but I didn't injure it. I need to have an open enough mind to be like, okay, what are all of the different channels for why this person's foot could be hurting without any injury? And it could be, um, all the way from the fact that they, um, they had a baby and their lower back is imbalanced, you know, stuff like that versus the like go for the gallbladder. And maybe the, it's the meridian point or the acupuncture point on their foot that is creating pain because of tension around their gallbladder. So there's, I have to have an open enough mind to think about all of the different uh, areas in the body that could be leading to one area of pain. I'm mind blown right now. Someone on your table and maybe you like almost discovered something health wise about them that they had no idea. Um, 
I have, yes. And I don't have this person's permission to really talk about it, but um, like, I'll give you a a very, very broad overview of like, they had had a previous surgery. I had, I was just like, something's not right here. Mm -hmm. So I was, I knew about the surgery, but um, like, it just felt, she had seen me a couple of times and everything felt just not right. I would do, I would do some adjustments and every time she came back, it would just keep going back to the same tightness every single time. So I had asked about, uh, post-surgical infections or complications or anything like that, because everything was just really tight, tacked down. And, um, yeah, she, she was just like, well, I didn't have any infections, but this one weird thing did happen. And uh, like I said, without getting into any details, she thought nothing of this thing. She thought nothing of it because her, her doctor was just like, ah, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. It's kind of like Jane's situation where everybody told her, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry anything of it. But I'm just like, no, 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 that that's not fine. That's, that's not fine at all. And uh, so this woman had had chronic allergies, chronic migraines, and all of this started about a year after she had this surgery. And I was just like, did no one put this together that this could be related to this complication? And well, we don't know yet. Um, I haven't seen her again since uh, that treatment, but I encouraged her to go back to her doctor and uh, get it looked at or get a second opinion at, at least mm-hmm. so wow yeah <laughs> this okay obviously this is not uh hey we're bashing a surgeon or a doctor that's not what's about no, to happen no 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 obviously because they specialize in different things and you specialize in different things um is it quite often though that you can um like in my case, we'll talk about my case because I'm okay. fine with people knowing about it. Like you, I had obviously just been told by my surgeon, by my gyno, like by all of my doctors, like this is just what happens. Does that mm-hmm. kind of like, because you know that you can help mm-hmm. and not being like, no one had said to me, go see an osteopath. Does that mm-hmm. not a little bit annoy you? Um. Yes Again, and not no. To ba- I'm not trying to bash, <laughs> but it's just you're not being... It's almost like I find this with my doctor, with doctors in general. Some are either like pro chiropractor, some are mm-hmm. not supportive as as supportive of a chiropractor. Do you find that you kind of get lumped in into that kind of? Uh, I'm wedding. Yeah, I know. No, I, no, I understand what you're trying to say, and I I do find that I get lumped in with a lot of like alternative medicine. Yes. Um, and so most general practitioners, um, would not refer to an osteopath. Um, but so I, I suppose, yeah, it, it does bother me to some extent because just because I'm, I, I know that I can help these people. Like, for example, like, okay, let's dive with something super uncomfortable here for a second, because every, most of your listeners are moms and ha- you guys have that in common. Um, where it's like pelvic floor issues. That's one of my questions from a client, from a listener. Okay, so let's get into that. So what, so like how, (laughs) (laughs) she gone. (laughs) 
<laughs> so pelvic floor issues, the, the unfortunate circumstance of peeing when you jump, cough, laugh, any of those super fun things. <laughs> really, anytime you put your body under any kind of stress, right? Um, and that does bother me when, um, because there's, there's commercials out there for like bladder leak pads and stuff like that. I'm just like, okay, just because it's normal or just because it's common doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's normal. That's yes. like, like say it again, just because it's common doesn't mean, doesn't it's, mean normal. it's normal. Yeah. Yes. So that part does bother me. And it's specifically, um, a lot of things about women's health really, get me all fired up because I think that a lot of women's health stuff is a little bit brushed by the wayside. It's just like, Oh, well, like you'll, you'll bounce back or superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. I mean like in everything, I'm not sure if it's a societal thing or really, we're not here to get into all that, but like, no. um, women go through a ton, right? Our bodies go through a lot. Even women who don't have kids between like hormonal changes and like periods and birth control. And like, we just put our bodies through a lot throughout the course of our lives. And yeah, it's just, it's a real shame when you don't get the, the attention or the care that you very rightly deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, that part does kind of annoy me when it's just like, oh, it, it's normal. We can't do anything about it because most women with pelvic flourishes are told, either told there's nothing you can do or you can do Kegels or you can have surgery. And yeah. those, those are the, your only options when there's lots like I'm not the only option, but there's lots of um, manual therapy that that can help with that. So are you telling me you can help pelvic floor like get better? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know where you live. So <laughs> legit. Because I think, okay, so look, even if you go back to like the very beginning, I think it's like episode seven or something. I actually talked about my labor story with both my boys. Um, I had an elective C-section with our second one because of how bad the first one was. Mm-hmm. Like I had like a full labor of 64 hours. I pushed for four hours. It was awful. And my doctors actually said to me when I was pregnant with both our second one, you could try. However, you pushed for so long with your first that your pelvic floor is, is gone. It, it's mm-hmm. basically non-existent. And so for me, again, I'm very thankful that I like did what I did and had an elective the second time, but like my pelvic floor, it affects everything. Mm-hmm. And people like, they almost like think it's a joke, like, Oh, you know, like if I pee a lot, it's fine. First of all, that's annoying. Like just to give you an example, if mm-hmm. I go get my lashes filled, I have to pee before I sit down on the table and after Mm -hmm. that's how, like how like terrible it is. So I just feel like it's not when you're discharged from the hospital, I don't feel like a lot of doctors are like, you should go see the pelvic floor clinic, but it's Mm -hmm. not pushed. It's not really supported. And it's kind of like, it's up to your discretion. And like, what the hell do you know about your pelvic floor? Especially as like a first time mom. Yeah. You're like, I went once or twice and I was like, whatever. In hindsight, I should have gone mm-hmm. way longer. <laughs> so I feel like you're a new mom. Like you got, you've got other things to think about. <laughs> you know, this is not well, the thing that's on the forefront of your mind. And in hindsight, I am much more healed from my C-section two and a half years ago than I am from my labor five and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's like, I don't think as a woman, I had no idea that there was another option except for pelvic floor 
to fix your pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So can you like touch on that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so, um, actually, uh, right now I'm going through on my Instagram, I'm going through and making a little mini series about why women need rehab after pregnancy, because it, yeah. it's, tra- it's a traumatic experience. Your body yeah. goes through a lot between like carrying the baby itself and then the whole labor and delivery process. So yeah, there's like, you need actual rehab after certain or after, uh, after having a baby. Mm-hmm. And then when you add things like episiotomies and C-sections and, um, like all, all the different Paris, complications yeah. that can happen, all add all that in there. And you just, you, you need to take care of your body the same way you would for any other torn muscle or ligament or, or strained anything. Um, and it's just not supported the way that any other kind of rehab is. Um, so to touch on the pelvic floor stuff a little bit, um, so there's so much information I'm trying to like categorize it in my head right now. Um, so your pelvic floor, um, gets so jacked up for the last lack of better term during pregnancy and childbirth, because it's those muscles that actually support the baby's head during delivery. Um, so it's creating a a ridiculous amount of pressure. Okay. Uh Um, once the baby is out, those, all of those muscles need to be rehabbed the same way any other muscle would, would be able to. And going back to Jane's experience, like she had a C-section, but her, um, internal organs and ligaments still needed some adjustment just because of how the baby was held throughout her pregnancy. So Mm -hmm. nine months is a long time to hold. It's like holding a bowling ball for nine months. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and not to mention all of those muscles also attach into your tailbone. So basically you, I don't, nobody can see me. Yeah, it's okay. So, um, so you have like your sacrum that curves, curves in, and then your tailbone's right at the end of your sacrum and all of the pelvic floor muscles attach into, into your, uh, into your tailbone. If by any chance, which is super common, your tailbone gets dislodged during pregnancy and delivery, all of those muscles all of a sudden have laxity to them. Wow. So the other reason why all of this is super important, this is a really fun fact. Um, (laughs) So you have four diaphragms in your body. Those are your horizontal muscles. So you have your pelvic diaphragm, your respiratory diaphragm. You have right here, it's called your thoracic inlet right at the um, base of your neck. And then you have your occipital base right at the uh, top of your neck, base of your head. Those are your horizontal muscles. All four of those diaphragms are neurologically connected and all four of those diaphragms create the pressure systems that keep our organs where they're supposed to be. What the? Wait, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> so you have like your, your abdominal pressure and your thoracic pressure that keeps your lung expanded and all of your organs where they're supposed to be. If those, if those horizontal muscles are not engaged the way that they're supposed to be, that, that, can, create, that can create things like prolapse. Wow. And they all work together. Like if one the others don't work. The body is all connected. So put another spin on it. When that uh, sacrum and tailbone get 
dislodged or or slightly tweaked um, that can also create issues with like headaches and chronic migraines because your sacrum is the bottom of your spine and that's attached to your head (laughs) hang on a second i'm sorry let's let's uh, go back to that for a second (laughs) migraine person right here now here's my thing i've had chronic migraines since my adult life really is when they've really gotten bad and i'm telling you when i say every single medication they've given me the only one the only one that has ever worked was botox mm-hmm. so i get botox for my migraines now obviously there's pluses to it i'm gonna look this age forever <laughs> um botox in a spray tan <laughs> botox in a spray tan guys goddess right here <laughs> goddess status um <laughs> But are you telling me that my migraines and chronic... Okay, so here's why. Here's why I'm asking. It's all kind of clicking. And so I'm having this really big, like, boom moment. I got in a very bad car accident. I'm about to cry. Because of every episode. No, but I'm mad now. I'm actually getting mad. (laughs) Because when I was... um, I was 18. I got into a really bad car accident. I got into two really bad car accidents, actually right near each other. Um, One, I wasn't the driver. The other, I was. But my lower back was severely damaged. And my entire, ever since then, I've always had issues with my lower back. I've gone to see massage therapists. I've seen acupuncture, gone to chiropractor. Like they all say that they can fix it. They've all, it's just not happened. Right. And so then And it was around that time, not long after, looking back that this is where it's clicking, that I started getting my migraines. And my migraines are like, lock me in a room, black everything out. I can't have any sound. Are you telling me that this could be connected to my butt? My migraines could be connected to my butt right now? It could be. Like, I know it's not 100% because obviously it hasn't been tested with, but are you telling me that was a possibility all these years? And just, you're, she's nodding, everyone. She's nodding. And I'm so yes, she is. angry right now because when I, I'm, it sounds like I'm exaggerating. I'm not. Like, I literally have tried every drug they've given me. Mm-hmm. We have tried so many different things. And now I'm hearing that it could all just be, the, the only thing they can do is do a blocker on my migraines and it's in one spot. It's right here. You're telling me that that could be just connected to my butt. It could be. Yeah, it could be. It's a possibility it that just hasn't mm-hmm. been explored for 15 years. Yes. Or it's not your butt, but it's something, some it's, other diaphragm and, that's out of place. But it could be connected to this car accident, which is not long before I got, yeah. started getting all these migraines. Yeah. I would never have even thought to connect the two ever. So I, I have a quick question because yes. I am a newborn photographer. So I hear about horrible labor stories every mm-hmm. single week that I photograph. There's it's pretty common, not super common, but a lot of women, when they deliver, you're right. Their tailbone will almost like crack or break or shift or like something like that. Or it did that with the first one. And then the second child, it actually went back into place. Mm-hmm. Would you still see them even if it went back into place i would still see them the Just type of mani- the type of manipulation would vary okay. between the person because they could have the exact same um like exact same dis- disruption in their tailbone but the tension in the tissues mm-hmm. 
is in a completely different spot. Like the tailbone itself might look the same on an x-ray, but the tension in the tissues might be different. So just it's everything that I do varies from person to person and appointment to appointment. Yeah. No, that makes sense completely. Mm -hmm. Are a lot of your clients new moms or not necessarily? Um, it, it also varies. I, I see a lot of, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a new mom, right? Like I have a couple of clients who their, their kids are now teenagers and like you you can still do the manipulations on the tissues, the tissues. It's, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Did they ever, cause I know the fear of like, when you have a traumatic labor is there is a fear of having like a prolapse when you hit 40 or like at 40, you have to go and have a bladder surgery where they, you know, like lift your bladder back Mm -hmm. up. Um, so are those the kinds of women that you might see like in their kind of early forties, early fifties? I I see a a significant amount of women around, around that age. And, uh, it's usually related to lower back pain. Mm. Um, yeah. And, a lot of that has to do with either how they carried or if they had a C-section and their scar tissue is pulling on part of their pelvis. And um, so it, like I said, it, it varies between person to person and even appointment to appointment. So the next time I see Jane, it might be a completely different appointment because we're working on our butt. We, we, we yep. might be. That's happening. <laughs> Depends on what happens when I touch her head. Remember? <laughs> True, true. And obviously we're not making a medical diagnosis right now through Zoom. No. But the fact that this is just another option mm-hmm. yeah. feels nice to know that there's yeah. just another way. Yeah. Possibly. It's, it's always nice to just explore non-invasive options before jumping to um, either, like you said, surgery or um, like really heavy duty pain medication stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it's nice to have the option of a non-invasive Heck yeah. procedure. Yeah. yeah. I have two questions. Mm-hmm. Jane, are you okay if I ask some more? Okay. One endometriosis. Uh huh. Do you deal with a lot of that? Because I feel like there's just really no options for women that have it. Yeah. Um, I deal with some women who have it. Um, so <laughs> the thing is, is that nobody just has bad luck and just yeah. ends up with these things, right? Like it's always generally a, um, a domino effect on the tissues that creates um, something out of balance or some sort of restriction in the tissues or like, a pull somewhere, you know? So it's, our bodies have a cumulative effect of everything that has happened to us over our lives. So however many times you fell when you were learning to ride a bike or however many car accidents you've been in in your entire life, labors, surgeries, just literally everything has a cumulative effect on your tissues. And sometimes it just ends up being the straw that broke the camel's back. And then you end up, that's when, when pain results because mm-hmm. um, our bodies have lots of flexibility, but a finite amount of flexibility. So mm-hmm. it deals with, it deals with all these uh, imbalances and compensates for them and twists this way and that way. And then, and then we just run out of flexibility and then we have pain and lack of mobility and our, we can only lift our shoulder to here. And, you know, um, that yeah. stuff happens all the time. So my job is to find, to take the, all of the information that you give me as far as everything you can remember that's <laughs> ever happened to you and piece together that puzzle and to find um, based on that palpation, find where in your body is all is the major areas of restriction. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of untangle the ball of yarn from there. 
Okay, I have another complicated question. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm just saying it's just nice that there are other avenues out there for for anyone, but for Mm -hmm. obviously women, because we're women, for us to like explore that it's not just like a, sorry, this is just it. Yeah. It's going to be on these medications and we're going to schedule you for surgery. It's just nice hearing for these women that there are, there's a possibility of another option. Again, we're not making a medical diagnosis through a podcast, no. but there's another avenue. That yeah. And there's never, there's never, explored. there's never anything that I can say like, oh yeah, I can fix that. Or, yeah. you know, because it all depends on where it's coming from. And like I said, you can have, you have chronic migraines. So do millions of other people in Canada, like, you know, but yours may be caused by your lower back where somebody else's may be caused by a previous concussion. Somebody else's may be caused by neck issues. You know, it just depends on where the restriction is in your body. Yeah. And your job is to listen to that body. Exactly. And find that. Oh, okay. My last, <laughs> my last question, just cause yes. this is a personal one. Okay. Um, and it's not about my body, but I have explained to Jane before, and I think I've actually talked about this before, but my five-year-old son, has asthma, eczema, the trifecta. Mm -hmm. Um, and he can't really breathe through his nose. So he's a mouth breather. Okay. So when he's eating, he can't breathe. So he's coughing, he's gagging, he's choking. And so we tried to see an ENT, your nose throat, um, last year, but COVID happened. So we just got a referral in and they likely won't be able to see us until October. So they want to get us in for an x-ray there's a possibility that maybe his adenoids and tonsils needs to be removed. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, A, would you see him? And B, what what would you look at with him? Because obviously if we could avoid surgery, we would Mm -hmm. love that. But let's see what the options are because this poor guy can't flip and breathe. So Mm -hmm. what would you do? So A, Yes, I would see him. I see children. I see lots of children um, for for various reasons, a lot like those. Uh-huh. Um, what I would look for is um, I we would have a detailed discussion about like what again what has happened in his life up until now, and that includes any issues during his childbirth. Was he the first one or the second one? He was the first one. Okay. So this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> he had, so th- that was well, traumatic. Was trauma. That was traumatic for you and him, you know? Okay. So there's, there's lots of stuff to unpack there. Okay. Can I just say something? Yes. He was a forcep delivery after four hours of pushing and he actually ended up and it's just like clicking to me. He had facial palsy. Could that have like, they basically like pinched a nerve right here when they took him out because he was flipped the opposite way. And when he came out, he looked like he had a stroke on the one side of his Mm, face for like Poor guy. Could that be? I mean, obviously you can't obviously give an answer, but like could a pressure point here somehow affect breathing? So I wish I had all my visual aids. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't anyways. Um, So... I incorporate what's called craniosacral therapy into, into my practice as well. That's part of um, part of what I do for a lot of chronic migraine sufferers. And um, so for him, what happens is uh, if if that is something that um, would have caused it, if if that is the case, um, 
there's lots of different little bones that can be just like the bones in our skull are even as adults, they're not fully fused. There's a very, very tiny layer of cartilage that creates what's called a suture. And that allows our skull to actually expand and contract with the fluctuation of fluids that go through our brains. Okay, so that's super important. And in children, like newborn babies, they don't need, they're not even close to being fused yet. Um, So they're really pliable. They're like, so those forceps, it can apply just it can apply uh, pressure just in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. And because um, there's sinuses here, I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> like, everybody can see, like everybody can see me. I'm pointing to in between my eyebrows. There's um, a sinus in between your eyebrows. There's also two sinuses on either side of your nose. And then there's a sinus um, behind your nose and also So like deep, like right in the middle of your skull. So if you go straight back from your nose and in between your ears, and then there's one right behind your nose, uh, almost in the roof of your mouth. Um, So there's lots of different ways that um, just a slight shift in the cranial bones can actually affect your sinuses because there's so many of them. And also the sinuses are lined with the same membrane that covers our entire brain. It's one continuous layer. So like scar tissue or adhesions in one area can just, it's, it's almost like pulling on your shirt where it's like you pull over here and it strains over here. So you're saying that you could touch him and one little bone could shift and he could flip and breathe again. That's insane to me. Potentially she's not able to do it through Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) That's just, that is so crazy to me. I would have never until this conversation tonight ever thought that his issues in life now at five would have ever been connected to labor. But in hindsight, now that you've talked about how it's all connected, I'm actually like mind blown right now. As a side note. When you think about how long he was in the birth canal as well, you were pushing for four hours. He hit my pubic bone for four hours. Yeah. So that, that amount of, um, when you think again, going back to the pressure systems, like he was in this confined pressure system for nine months and then he comes out of that pressure system and gets stuck. And then, then there's another giant pressure system change when he comes to the outside world, right? So that amount of pressure system changes can, like, like I said, there's a there's a diaphragm right at the base of your skull and one at the base of your neck, and that creates your cranial pressure and your thoracic pressure. So again, if like he was in there for a really long time, yeah. so just that pressure change could could have just changed the pressure in his head wow mm-hmm. jen as a side note sorry but i just learned this this past week that deliveries actually so my both my deliveries were bad but my first one the cord was wrapped around her neck and it had also like togged her body and it turns out that it the the way that the cord had wrapped around her had given her a birthmark that we did not know was a birthmark on her teeth oh. for development. I had no idea. And I went, we took her to a, a specialist child dentist because we we were like, oh my word, are we fit? Like, what are we failing her? For, you know how it's hard to brush children's teeth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the dentist was like, no, actually, she has, it's a birthmark from developing and then having pressure from the cord. Huh. So I had no, like, it seems silly now thinking about it, but 
deliveries and things like that do actually can create these, I don't like to say the word issues with our children, but these issues for lack of a better word that um, don't show up till years and years later. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. So it's, it's interesting that now you're connecting it with your labor. Cause I yeah. just had that aha moment earlier this week with Lexi. Mm-hmm. And then like, there's all kinds of, like I said, the labor and delivery is traumatic for mom and baby, right? Like it's, it's a, it's yeah. an event. And uh, like when you think about issues, like just difficulty latching when you're trying to breastfeed, yeah. like a, the, all of that stuff can come back to something that happened during childbirth. It's, it's an aggressive situation. So if you don't, uh, if it's not an absolutely perfect, and sometimes even the easiest pregnancy and childbirth can still leave you with um, oh, lots yeah. of different restrictions in your body for sure Absolutely. for both mom and baby. Okay, so um, I want to get in with you. <laughs> Do it. For Do it. 7 months. <laughs> <laughs> um let's get to some questions just cuz of the time. Um I've, I've got some questions from our listeners. Okay. One of them you've already answered which was do you do pelvic floor therapy for I can't say it. Pelvic floor therapy. Yes. I do. Yes, I do. you can help. Um, not not internal therapy either which a lot of, um, so there's lots of pelvic floor specialists and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of internal pelvic floor therapies. I do not do internal pelvic floor therapy. I I work. Yeah. What you're putting down. (laughs) I want to make this perfectly clear. (laughs) It is gentle and (laughs) non-invasive. I really feel her touching you. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, here's a, some of these, honestly, you've already answered. Can you help me post baby? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm answering it for you. Every, like, go look at my Instagram because I did a bunch of videos already and I've got two. So every Monday I post a new video about different rehabs that, and why women need rehab post-pregnancy and post-childbirth. Check it out, people. We'll, we'll make sure you tag, get tagged. Um, when should I see an osteopath? Um, Ooh, that is a loaded question. (laughs) There's lots of different times, literally any kind of pain. Um, like I said, I, I do not believe that people just have bad luck and just run into weird pain that just all of a sudden happened. Um, it's usually a cumulative effect on your body and you just need to find out where the root cause of it is. Um, or the emotional uh, yeah. release. That's also, so lots of people come to see me just for overall health and well-being, right? So like tra- when traumas in the past, I don't mean like, it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing that, because like, a lot of people who have had like a loved one die or um, women who've had miscarriages even, they a lot of people just sort of brush that off as like, oh, it happens to everybody or or like it's just a fact of life or things like that. And I just need to get over it. Um, but grief is something that is held in a lot of people's bodies. Grief, anger, um, there's there's lots of emotions that um, that can cause restrictions around, uh, specifically around the organs and in the joints. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and vice versa, 
So restrictions around uh, emotions can create restrictions in the organs and restrictions around the organs can enhance different emotions. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, I'm not talking, I mean, I can also help with major, uh, major traumas in people's lives, but it's also the, the everyday stuff that your subconscious hangs onto that creates those deep rooted beliefs about yourself, about the world, how you fit into the world. All those things are, are, um, are things that I can help with. That is awesome. It feels, it just feels like you're a fairy godmother. <laughs> um, I need a wand. I'll get you a wand. I'll give you one of my kids. We've got too many. <laughs> um, here's another one. Um, so I've got two. So the first one is, do you have the same confidential, confidential oath that a therapist slash doctor would have? I feel like that's a given. Um, like you wouldn't a, just talk a confidentiality. About it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's part of the reason why earlier I said like, no, I don't have this person's permission, so I didn't mention any I uh, any specifics about them. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, I there's a code of ethics. Yes, that, I think that's, that's what they're what, what they're, they're on about. about. Yes, yeah. I I do have a, a code of ethics. Um, it's it's not the same as far as like a medical doctor mm-hmm. would be. Um, yeah, I, I think. I, but you're not going to go start telling everyone everyone's No, 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 no. Jane no, has I did. this kidney bone. Nearly <laughs> <laughs> giving yeah. you free permission to use me as an example. I don't um, so, this, yeah, I, uh, there's, there's definitely a code of ethics and confidentiality as far as um, uh, patient therapist confidentiality goes. Um, yeah. But, it, yeah, it's not it's not the same as uh, like a medical doctor or like a, like a traditional psychologist, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's mostly just because of like, they have their own governing bodies, each one of them. And yeah. uh, So, yeah. And I'm sure it must be a little bit as someone who had a little cry in your, in your office, Mm -hmm. it's almost like, are they going to feel like they have that safe, safe space to be vulnerable when you are having that emotional release? Exactly. And I work really, really hard to provide a, a, a really safe space in in my office where like there's um it's it's fairly soundproof and I encourage everybody to explore the emotions that they're feeling so okay this last one's oh, I'm wishing this person the best TTC mama here so trying to conceive mama oh, okay yes. is that something you have had success with so I wish um I wish I had talked to this person ahead of time, but I have had one one person that she fully attributes her treatment to me. <laughs> uh, oh, so that's amazing. Uh, yeah, um, I've had that one person that that specifically says <laughs> this is. I fully think that I am responsible for that. So um, there's there's a lot of factors as far as issues with conceiving goes, but um, it, it is again something that it's a very gentle, non-invasive treatment that um, it's it's easy to try before moving on to the next more invasive procedures. Um, because sometimes it's, sometimes it's literally just as simple as, uh, like I said with you, where things were just a little bit shifted inside your body. Like obviously when, um, an egg needs to be fertilized, like it's easier to be on a straight road than a windy road, you know? Yes. So, (sighs) 
I'm like so sometimes for this woman now. Sometimes it is really just that that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's obviously sometimes there's there's a lot more at play, and I would have to know that person's uh, more into that person's medical history um, to to really have a, a broad view of of how I could help her. Um, but yeah, there's there's lots of things that I can do um, for as that first step before you. If you want to try something like that before mm-hmm. trying a more invasive procedure. Yeah. You're not promising them a baby, but you're no, promising no, no, no. them to look at them. Exactly. You'll give them all exactly. the help you can administer. Yeah. Exactly. Love it. Um, so where can people find you? What, how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way? So there's a couple of different ways. I do have a website, which is www.jdmanualosteopath.com. And then um, through social media, I, I have Facebook and Instagram, also JD Manual Osteopath. Um, so I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> and we'll make sure that everyone can find you. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with? Or Jen, am I, do you have anything else you want to ask? One more question. Just what would be the price point of a typical, I don't know if you call it like hourly or is it by treatment? What's the typical Price uh, so it's it's based on time. So okay. a typical treatment is is an hour, mm-hmm. and and it uh, starts at a hundred and twenty an hour. Okay, just like if anybody's looking, like yeah, ballpark, yeah. so they know. Okay, amazing. Yeah, and also Absolutely. always and speak to your insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Check check with your insurance. Like I said, a lo- lot of people have osteopathy coverage, but they don't know what it is, so they've never used it. And um, it, yeah, it just depends on your plan for because it's always varying amounts that they cover. Yeah, um, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Uh, this was the most knowledge filled. <laughs> I feel like we just went to school. I really I, do. I'm I could talk myself. for so long about hey, okay, we talk. Our <laughs> average <laughs> sessions are 40 fat. No, they're not. They're never 40 fat. <laughs> <laughs> and this one went way longer. Oh I could talk it. forever. I could talk forever about this. I could listen forever. <laughs> and there's, like, like I said, there's so many different connections. So I'm like, did you know that this is connected to this? And this for me, that this sounds legit. hip bones connected to (laughs) I don't actually know the words but I'm legit just like thinking about my trauma and my labor and how it could have affected him in so many ways and I would have never even thought about that Mm -hmm. so I'm just blown away blown away so thank you for coming on the podcast yeah thanks for having me thank you Yeah. And anyone, if you are hearing anything in this episode and you're just like, oh my word, and it's starting to resonate with you, please reach out to Jill. She is obviously one of Calgary's top hundred people that you need to know anyway. Um, (laughs) But she's also just a lovely person. And again, you were that safe, welcoming, warm space on the first day I met you. Right. Thank you. So take my word for it. And that can't be trained. No, you can't teach that. That is all you can hear. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again so much. Thanks. Awesome. Okay. Well, the episode will be out tomorrow and please go follow Jill on all of her social media platforms and book in with her. If you got some pelvic floor issues, go see her. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Have a good day guys. Hey mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag us in it and we'll share it. So if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like
why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you next time.